Welcome back to the Crooked Spine Show. Men throughout our journey in life get stuck. Mike Overly is a guy's guy who helps you understand why we get stuck and how do we find that clarity to find our childhood joy again and feel comfortable in our present situations and or change them over time and give us the courage to do that. In this type with Mike Overly, Mike helps us find that through our relationship with our dogs. Dogs and men have fellowships for thousands of years, and this helps us understand when we can treat our dogs well, why can't we treat ourselves well? Why we can't treat people around us well? Why can't we form communities, relationships, and our people we work with in a respectful and, if you want to call it, human kindness mannerisms? So in this talk today, are we able to experience and kind of walk through Mike's mindset, how to get inside our heads then to help us one, to communicate with other people, ask questions, and become, if you want to call it, if you want to call it uh, vulnerable, and listen to suggestions around this to hopefully change your habits, and over, over then, with our, over their dogs, help us find a better life for ourselves now and in the future, and as we get older, find a purpose, find a reason to get out there and help others through volunteering, along with what Mike calls the alpha male traits allows us to become more, you want to call it serving our community in a better situation and the overall family. So in this talk today, go to Mike's overall book. He has printed out there too, and you'll see in the show notes. Go to his book, and that's almost for women too to help their men understand how to get back to the basics, how to make our lives simple men. At that point, we can start changing ourselves, become more loving of ourselves, along people around us, and then help our community. So do I talk to my friends? And the show notes has all the highlights and links to the show itself and links to Mike's information. His Instagram is LinkedIn and also his book again. And enjoy the week, and we'll see you next week. Hello again, this is Dr. Tony. I'm here with Mike Overly. He is my expert, my new expert, my new friend, on how to, us men specifically, find our passion purpose using our companion, our puppies, our dogs. And, and because I personally have a relationship with my dogs and I, and I love being with them and, and they, for example, are my shadow at home, I want Mike to really understand, for Mike to explain to us how, how men especially can connect with our puppies and our dogs to make them help us see what our purpose is, what our passion is. Your website is called Dogs and Men, correct? Yes, sir. Good, good. He's written, he's written a book. He has his own shows he's done before too. He is my expert at this point on how to help us men, especially again, find your paths and passion person, purpose um, through what we do. So Mike, walk you through, talk through your story. What's going on? What, how, how do you get into this? So I was typical, um, just kind of insecure mantra guy for most of my life. Um, underneath that was a ton of fear, feeling insecure, scared, not enough, like forever, right? For most of my life. Mm -hmm. um, a little over four years ago, four and a half years ago, my brother, my older brother died. And he was kind of my hero. Okay. He just freaking loved everybody. I don't know anybody who didn't like this guy. Um, he was just this big, sweet, gentle guy. So, um, so anyway, he died. And I grieved him so hard. Mm. But what I realized in that process is I wasn't just grieving my loss of my brother, my hero. It was all these other things in my life. And I was able to let go of so much crap that I've been dragging around for my whole life. And it made me more open and more aware. And I started noticing the most interesting things. 
I started noticing how angry I was, which I'm like, mm. oh, God, I didn't realize I was such a weenie all <laughs> the time. You know, I don't need to act like this. So um, I've been on this voracious just appetite of a journey to try and get to the bottom. Um, I don't know if we ever get there. That's part of the journey mm -hmm. uh, to what what has made me me and why why I'm showing up a certain way and how I can change how I show up in the world. And I went from feeling like the world owed me and I deserve X, Y and Z to, oh, my God, how can I serve other people? How can I go help other people? Because this is fantastic. Good, good, good. And what I do too, Mike, I was telling, I, I, I tell my audience, I, I look away to write stuff down. So I, I'm looking to do obviously different links here, one, two, and Mike can help people understand with your story. It's a common story for people to think about, but they don't apply it. Mm. They want to get help. They, they know there's something wrong, not wrong with them. They can change in them to make them this a better person. They don't apply that and look for help. You've done that. You've done the work to help yourself. Now, in my sense, you're helping other people, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, I got it. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm lucky. I'm fortunate to be able to do this. Yes. Uh, but I, I didn't do it alone. You know, I, I don't there's not much in this world that we truly do alone, um, except mm -hmm. make make choices to do the right thing. So and how did how did you involve your dog with with your your passion at this point? So. Not long, here, quick anecdote, not long after yeah. my brother died, my mom came for a visit and she um, she had lost two boys. She's lost two mm -hmm. sons in her life. So um, she was pretty damn distraught. Um, and I, she was sitting on a couch not far from me and I want, my dog came over and I watched him. He's a little pit bull mix. Uh, he's since passed also, but he mm -hmm. crawled over to her crept up on the couch just this slow purposeful gentle movement and went and laid in against her because she was crying and stuck his head under her chin and he just gave her this huge hug and I, you know i was caught up in my own stuff i couldn't see that she just needed a hug and in that moment i was like oh my god there is such power in these animals why have i not noticed this mm -hmm. And I was able from that point to recount lessons learned from other animals I had at different periods of my life and and just go, holy crap, how did I not see this? Wow. Wow. And what were your other experiences that you noticed in, in the past, for example, uh, that may have led you to that, that I guess, that insight? So I, here's a funny one. I had a black lad named Miles. Okay. I was married at the time. My wife, Jill, and I had a black lad named Miles with another lab named Winston. Miles was an escape artist. He <laughs> could find his way out of any yard. He we'd take him over to a friend's house, and they said, "What's your dog doing out there?" And so he's looking for a way out. We're like, "Ah, oh, you're kidding!" And he's testing the fence. He would go around the yard and test the fence in different places. He was fantastic, um, and he would often find a way out. He wouldn't really go anywhere. He just wanted to get out. So, I one day I got the message from him, and I didn't realize until later that I needed to get out. Because I was in a not so happy marriage. Um, well, you know, I wasn't happy. She wasn't happy. We were just kind of cruising because we were still together. Yeah. And after I moved out, he stopped trying to escape. What? Wow. I can't make this up. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So he was in his way. He was saying, uh, you need to get out. Let's find you a way out. What? Yeah. Fantastic. It's stuff we, we don't know how it works, but it works. Mm -hmm. 
And, and can we can we use that belief system to okay, how else can it help us? How can it help us, right? How do we continue that belief system to allow further and further insights to make our lives better? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just it's just a tiny shift in perspective. Tiny mm -hmm. shift. So think of 360 degrees. Put, let's say you put a rock in the middle of, of a circle. Each step you take, one degree, one degree, one degree, you start to slowly change your perspective. Now, is that rock the same rock? Well, sure it is. Mm -hmm. But it appears different to you depending on where you're standing at the time. Yeah. So it's an, this is actually an exercise I do in my Qigong class. I teach at the park. Yeah. And so I have people move and change their perspective. So they are still seeing, looking at the same object, but their viewpoint is completely different at times. Wow. Wow. And, and when people do connect with you and want to get some help, what's their first questions they usually ask you? They're interviewing you. Hey, I need some help with going on. What, what are they looking for in you to help them? Um, the first thing that, uh, this is tough. So yeah, I get, I get right. several different forms. What's yeah. usually underlying is the sense of frustration and feeling like they're not where they want to be in life. Uh, so okay. they want to know, um, basically, you know, are you off your cookie? Cause you know, no, nobody's doing anything like this. And, uh, I was like, yeah, well, yeah, at times I am definitely off my nut, but I, <laughs> I found, yeah, exactly. I found something that I was able to tap into a different realization and it has helped me so much. And the, the, the end that we have in these situations is that the bond between men and their dogs is unlike other relationships in their lives. Mm -hmm. So they, they have this, this love and this trust that they can share with this animal, not worrying about feeling judged. There's no comparison. They don't care if your belly's hanging over your belt or you're cruising in your tidy whities if you're bald. None of that matters, right? You know, yeah. the night isn't coming up. It doesn't matter. Your dog is just there. And there's, so there's this, this is deeper than just the you know, human animal bond. I think there's something spiritual about it. And yeah, we can tap into that. Your dog, can wow. help you get there. Your dog's already in there. And is it, how, have you done your research? How that, when did dog and, and man first form relationships? Was it more Neanderthal times? Or was it more recent or when did you research on that? Well, there's, a common number out there is about 26,000 years ago, we started to domesticate the wolf. Okay. Um, I have my ideas on that. I think, I think they finally went, man, these folks need help. We, we better get in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter when it started. Let's focus on what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Right like, okay, well they, they can't feed themselves. Okay. Let's help them with this. And then, you know, yeah, that's but, great for, for thousands of years, they've been companions, right? People, we, we wanted to bring them close to us. There's, there, it's not just this cute fuzzy thing. There's this energy that exudes from these from these beings, you know. And it, it's if you listen to quantum physics, everything is energy. Mm -hmm. So there's something that we desire from them that we crave that we're not able to give ourselves. Wow. So we we bring these things. I mean, look. Do you have plants in your house? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So there's plants outside. Why do you bring plants inside your house? So just, you know, start to think about this. We're, we're bringing these other sentient beings into our presence because there's an energy. There's something that we crave from them. So, and, you know, in our society, we spend more time indoors than we used to, you know, um, but we're craving that. We're missing that. We're missing nature. We're missing these, these other connections. 
Well, a lot of it is you're, you're, you're getting the, for me, the big picture is, is yes, I need food. I need water. I need air. But what makes me feel whole? What makes me feel relaxed? What makes me feel like I can relax and be able to be happy in my own environment? I don't have to worry about what's outside me to make me happy. Yeah. How, how can I realize that I am already loved? How can I love myself and not have to search outside for whatever it is I think I need? Um, mm -hmm. You know, there are some people who are very driven, motivated and successful and they do it from a compassionate, loving place. Others, they come from, they, they need power and they need to feel like they're the big dog on the block, right? They need to feel like they're, mm, this is me. I can do this. I have this much money. And, you know, and what is that about truly, if you can get underneath that? Um, yeah. I think there's this general sense of not feeling enough. Mm -hmm. Empty, per se. I may have a million dollars in the bank, but why am I still feeling empty? What's exactly. happening there? Yeah. When you start talking about your program, I looked at your program and how it works out. What is the first thing you want someone to, if you want to call it, be transparent about, admit to, to get them started with, to actually ask for help? Um, that they're not showing up in their life as they want to. They know that there's something more. Um, you know, they, they've done well, they've worked hard, they've had success, but they're they're just not doing what they want to do. Something doesn't feel right. Okay. Okay. And then once you get to that point, what, what emotions would you say would associate with that? Looking at, look at people that maybe listen to the show and watch the show too. How would they relate to that? What, what are good emotions to focus on? Um, a lot of these guys are super reactive. Okay. So they're, they're quick to, to get a little grumpy. Not necessarily full road ragers, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they snap and then afterwards they go, why did I do that? I don't need to do that. So they're, they're feeling like they're not where they need to be in their own skin. There's yeah. a, there's a sense of disconnect. Like I know, I know this is me, but this isn't, I'm not being me. So, um, but there's fear around what it, what it would take to uncover whatever that is. You know, um, that's, yeah. As men, we're not taught to. We, we can't express ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're not taught not to. We're told not to. Um, you know, don't let them see you hurt. Don't let them see you cry. Blah, blah, you know, all this macho crap that really didn't help anybody. Mm -hmm. So we have a hard time expressing what we want. And we, we bury so much crap down. We put all these veils, all these identities that other people in society and ourselves put on ourselves that we've kind of, we start to forget who we are. So what, when we start, I guess you want to call it doing that, we start putting that shield up. When does that start from? Is that with peer groups, that with family? What, what kind of, where does that come from? Uh, it starts when we're kids. Mm -hmm. So probably three, four, five years old, we're actually starting to get adulted. Um, mm -hmm. You know, cognitively, we're in a different place. We actually start to get contextual things and we start to, have to follow rules mm -hmm. you know when we're little kids there are no rules when you're when you're a toddler there's no rules so um, yeah my rules the teacher's rules society the preacher mother father you know everybody has their version of you that you need to respond to and i think we start to lose ourselves at that point well you mentioned too going to being more specific is even gender rules too right what's what's the man's role what's the woman's role 
what's what's what what's a what's a kid's role? What's a parent role? Absolutely. You're getting all those different type of you want to call it not even stereotypes, just what society expects, society norm. Mm-hmm. And then how do you fit into that to feel to feel one thing wanted or needed or in that society? And then from there, if you're not comfortable, then how do you how do you reverse that and and, and kind of rewind that and unwind that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about how how does a guy act around his friends, his his buddies, how he's up, you know, mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. whatever with mountain biking, drinking, whatever. And then how does he act when he's with his girlfriend or spouse? Mm-hmm. Right. So right there, two different, distinctly different personalities. Wow. Right. So wow. It's, it's not like a schizophrenic thing. It's just this is my identity when I'm with this person. This is my identity when I'm with this person. And then when you're at work, when depending on whether you're with someone you manage or you're being managed by, those relationships are going to be distinctly different. You can put on different hats per se when wherever you are and whoever you're with. Yep. How does a companion like a, like a dog help you break that down? So what I work on getting these guys to see is that their dog knows who they are. Underneath mm-hmm. all these different veils or identities or expectations, they see right through all that crap and hell, they like you anyway. <laughs> right so you, you must be actually okay despite all these stories you may tell yourself wow wow and how do you get someone once they feel okay and they understand that they're okay with themselves they're okay with you to become okay with at their work or with their spouse or with people around them Ooh, how do you break that fear we're talking tough stuff here yeah so one of the biggest things that I had to go through, and this is uh, this is a tough one for guys to accept, is taking responsibility. And I'm no, I don't mean taking out the trash or making sure you get your rent paid or your mortgage paid. Mm-hmm. I mean taking responsibility for how you respond, um, not being so reactive. But re- you have to be responsible for your emotions. And we have them; they're ours. They're, it's okay. We don't have to justify it, but we have to take responsibility for how we put ourselves out into the world and on, on a deep, deep level. And what emotions attach to that going from being fearful to what to make them feel they can actually get to that point and communicate that and act upon that? Ah, great question. Um, most guys that I work with have a lot of really deep-seated anger. Okay. Um, okay. And it could be from, you know, it could be from mom, but they don't want to admit it because you're supposed to be nice to your mom. A lot of guys have problems with their fathers because um, fathers weren't taught how to raise their sons for the most part. So there's a lot of stuff there. I had my own stuff I had to work through. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. But I'll tell you, if you can start to chink away at some of this stuff, chip away chip away oh my god it's worth it it's worth it it's like you're it's like a filthy window and every time you do something you're you're taking a layer of filth off and you can see a little more clearly what's outside it's starting to look beautiful and when they start breaking down that anger how do they now feel afterwards what's the feeling once they get okay i'm I'm through the anger now i feel this now that's in my past now that now that window's clear what needs to be clear how do I now, what's, what's that new sensation? I guess people say that, that they feel. 
Um, there's a huge amount of clarity. Got it. Okay. So think um, it could be like a fog, right? Okay. You step through the fog and you're like, wow, I knew there was something else over here, but I just couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. So there's, mm -hmm. uh, there's a lightness. Um, the joy comes more readily to a lot of these guys. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's fantastic. And, you know, wow. and you can experience the smallest thing and appreciate it. Whereas before you, you would be completely dismissive. Wow. So, so their perception of life around them becomes more joyful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. So, and it's, what's interesting is some people find out that what they're already doing as far as their, their career or, or some hobby they have on the side is exactly what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> but they couldn't see it for what it was. They couldn't fully appreciate it because of all this other stuff going on in the background. It's almost like their their anger and their their not their inability to communicate allowed them not to see what was right in front of them. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you're standing in front of this giant door, and you think it's blocking you from where you need to be, and the key's in your damn pocket. Mm. but we forgot it's there. <laughs> and when you're working with these, with these, these men, where do most, most men get blocked in, in your, I saw part of your programs that you have. And, and the one program, uh, you talk about different phases on your website, creating a life of purpose. Where do most men get blocked in that, in that, 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 that stage process? Um, it, that's part of his cumulative process of not knowing who they actually are. Okay. So what we work on is, is uncovering some of these things. Um, a simple way to do, you know, a quick way is look back to when you were five years old, what made you smile? What made you happy? Did, did you, you know, love the jungle gym? Did you love to play? Was it this? Um, some people, you know, who are younger, obviously it was video games. But what, what actually made you smile? What brought you like real joy and pleasure? And I'm not talking just eating some Red Hots, right? What really, yeah. made, what really lit you up? Wow. So basically going back to their past and going, you've done this before. And when you do that, I'm assuming the feeling of being in that environment, that experience comes back to their present mind. Now, how do you maintain that present, that, that feeling, that joy, that clarity in your present, in your present time now? There you go. So how do you how do you take that with you throughout your day? So there's a phrase in yoga where the, you, know, you people get they get so centered and grounded in their, in their practice and, and doing a routine. But once they leave, you know, they may, you know, go flip off the guy at the corner because you cut them off. or whatever. So the, the term is take it off the mat. So take it with you throughout your day. Okay. Right? How do you how do you create that presence? regardless of where you are and what you're doing. Wow. So that becomes the practice, right? That's part of the journey. That's not like, oh, okay, I got my certification. Now I'm present all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, so it's a, my, in my, in my head right now, it's a mindset shift using your past joy in the present and practicing that shift all the time to make that your, mindset in the present all the time yeah wow yeah so and a small thing that people can do right now is choose one thing a day that you do differently so okay. we're, we're so habitual that we've got these deeply ingrained patterns 
Like think about the way you brush your teeth. For me, toothbrush, right hand, start here, here you know, go the Lock same way. Which way do you go? Switch it up. Seriously, this you can actually start to retrain your brain when you start to depatternize some of these things you do every day. Um, have a bowl of cereal next morning, eat with your left hand. Or try different cereal, or so just just changing these these habits that we have for ourselves in the smallest of ways. Take a different way to work. Take a different way home. Um, for these guys with dogs, when you're walking your dog, let your dog lead you around the block. Next time, go left. Go to a different dog park. So there's all these different ways to allow yourself to experience something new. And what this does is tells your brain, oh, I'm actually safe. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. I did something different, and I'm still okay. Look at that. Wow. It's and, and what I, I relate that to is when you're uncomfortable, when you learn to be uncomfortable as a way to find a different you allows you to now go that uncomfortable is okay to be uncomfortable. I want to be uncomfortable to find joy and happiness in that. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you brought that up. We spend so much time and energy wanting to feel comfortable, mm -hmm. right? We want to avoid these feelings. We want to avoid these situations. You know, look back at your entire life. When was it always smooth as glass? No problems, no issues, no arguments. Yeah, probably not for long periods of time. So yeah. look back at that and you can tell yourself, oh, huh, I made it through that. I'm here. I'm good. <laughs> you know, but, but we forget that. We forget that because we're, we're always anticipating this next thing coming. Mm -hmm. That's going to make us feel upset or lonely or scared or so-and-so doesn't love me anymore, whatever it is. We tell, we spin these stories. And, and once that becomes your habit of thinking, when I come home, this is going to happen. It's going to be bad today. It's going to be rough today. At that point, that habit becomes your mindset. Even before you hit the event, you get there, you already, you already have the emotional set in your brain what's going to happen. And then it's harder to accept new things around you. Absolutely. Well, and think, go back a couple sentences, what you just said. You're actually mm -hmm. creating this for yourself mm -hmm. by putting the, oh, God, when I get there, it's going to suck. And this guy's going to, well, of course, that's going to happen because you just made it happen. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it is when, when guys find that that routine, if you want to call it, of, of thinking and feeling that way, then, they're, then they're, their body will change to stay tight, uncomfortable physically, that becomes your normal routine also. So now their tone of voice, their shortness, their short temperedness becomes their normal too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so wow. many men out there with, you know, as you know, because of what you do, we, we create these tensions in our bodies that actually create further problems for us. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're, we're always in this, you know, anticipatory fight or flight mode not always uh but yeah. frequently that is creating some of the health concerns i think we have now mm -hmm. and then with covid too being that we're in the sense of the last couple of years or so more confined more condensed into our community whatever we have going on um, almost feeds that fire i'm assuming mm -hmm. wow well, yeah and there's i don't think our our media is helping a whole lot there's a lot of uh, not great information. I'm trying to be gentle here. Uh, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear and they're trying to push us to do other things. Um, so yeah, there was a, there's an author by the name of Aziz, Dr. Aziz Ghazipura. Okay. If you know him, he's a PhD. No. And he, uh, I read one of his books. 
actually, I've read, I've read several of his books. He's outstanding. But he talks about doing a 30-day media fast. Okay. And I tried it, and I just kept going with it because I found myself being more and more and more relaxed throughout my day, not worrying about everything going on everywhere else. Doesn't mean I'm not compassionate and don't care about what's going on out there. Absolutely not. But it was the messages that are coming through that that keeps this state of heightened awareness and confusion. So Mike, you're saying if I don't watch the news, I'll be able to survive my day and my life with people around me and, and not, not feel like I'm not part of my society. Um, I agree, but yeah, yeah, that's no, the perception, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If, if you can, I think if you can remove a lot of the fear and, and constant messages about, about how scared we need to be, mm-hmm. um, yeah, your day is going to be just that a little bit better. And then the next day will be a little bit better. But in, in the, in the antagonistic point of view, people that are, are that, that already wake up in fear and have that mindset, that anxiety of, of my days already going to be rough because I just woke up today. The weather's bad. Something will trigger me. That fear almost feeds their fire to stay in fear. Yeah. That's the, and if that's a routine, that's where they feel comfortable, but that's where their body now breaks down. Relationships break down. Their mindset is more, if you want to call it negative and it affects your overall health. So if you know that, if you're aware of that people watching the show, whoever it is, can you, like you said, take a 30-day fast like Mike did and see how your body changes physically and mentally to see how you perceive the word, the world at that point, people around you and see how you react to people around you. Do you react differently? Do you, are you happier? Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be 30 days. Do it for a week. I mean, yeah. if you need to know something, if it's really that big a deal, you're going to hear about it. Mom's going to call you, right? Your wife's going to call you. Your yeah. dog will let you know. Somebody at work will say something, whatever. Yes. Yeah. And, and working with 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 the change of the mindset of men, how much is involved in taking the dog for a walk and and spending time with your dog? How does that work? How do you associate that together? Oh, beautiful. So let's call it integration. Okay. So okay. whatever, let's say there's a given lesson. Um, that information, how do you actually apply that? Because you know, I and I ask a lot of questions, right? So Part of one of my goals is to leave you asking more questions than you actually get answers to because you have your own answers. Mm-hmm. So how do we integrate that information? So just based on spending time with your dog, doing certain things, whether it's just sitting on the couch and petting them, when you change that a little bit, you can start, if you start to pet your dog very slowly, you actually create this meditative state if you can get there. Um, and it's this other place of presence. And then you do something, you do something different. Maybe you pet them a different way. Maybe you do something else. So it's, it's, again, it's a small shift in something that we habitually do the same way every time to integrate this information that we're trying to get through. Now, walking and moving is fantastic because you're actually using left, right, left, right, left, right. So you've got both sides of the brain working at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I encourage, um, in my book, it's like, okay, you know what to do, get the leash. Get outside. So mm-hmm. at the end of the chapter, go, you know, put the book down. Don't even, I don't even want you to pick it up for a whole day. Go on, get out, go take a walk. So it's, <laughs> it's actually letting that sit, simmer, and going for a walk and integrating the information, getting both sides of your brain to talk to each other. 
and give you a time to kind of settle in too, right? We're getting the time to actually let it marinate and, and sink in versus just theory, theory, theory and no application. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. terrible. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, yeah. This is not for memorization. This is for read it, try it, go chill, come back to it later. I mean, pick up the book a week later. Just let mm -hmm. it sit. <laughs> you know, and it's these are um, the, the subtitle of the book is Musings on How to Create an Exceptional Life. So these are my little whatever came out at the time. Um, the chapters are short. There's no long, you know, 15, 20 page chapters. They're short. Some are like a, one's like a paragraph. Yeah. But it's it's just for it's a point. It's for it's an anecdote. It's whatever. But it's just it's one thing to get you to maybe look at something a little tiny bit differently. Good. It's so, like we mentioned earlier where I'm going to do it a little differently. At that point, my, if my perception has changed now, my more open for ideas. So now I can actually want to do something different. Yes, that's huge. Yeah, all wow. these, the I call them one degree shifts. And I didn't yeah. coin the phrase. It was a woman named Charlotte Jacobs from Thrive Academy. They, they work with entrepreneurs and holistic healers. Um, but she, she introduced this concept of one degree shifts. And I've been using that since. And I love it. You, you know, think about New Year's resolutions or people, they don't make these giant sweeping changes in their life with their diet, maybe, or exercise. Yeah. Well, they go from zero to 60. Well, that doesn't work. It's not sustainable. So mm -hmm. it's very difficult to create a new habit, right? Around 21 days. But if you can do it in small bites, small chunks, that is way more manageable for us to do. And with that, how long does it take someone, for example, the average man, or is it everyone's different, to actually change their habits, change their perception, and get to where they're practicing joy to make to, to maintain that on their own? What's the average? Give some an average time frame, high, low, I guess. Uh, well, for, for some guys, they 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 never get there. Mm -hmm. you know, um, there's a level of stubbornness that is pervasive. Um, it, it's difficult for us to be vulnerable. And that's a huge, huge point. Um, there's, there's a power in vulnerability, but it's actually seen as a detriment to, you know, between guys. So, um, that if we can get to that place, then we have a much more rapid succession of being able to integrate this. So some guys, they start to get it in a matter of a week or two, They're like, Oh, Oh, wow. So they'll notice one little thing, but, Oh, this is kind of cool. I didn't know. I didn't realize this. Um, <laughs> other guys fight, they fight real hard. So it, it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, this is, if you're 45, you're trying to undo 40 plus years of, of programming, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and with that too, how many marriages have you saved based on your program? How many, what marriages have you saved couples? Oh, good gravy. I don't know. Relationships. I don't know. A bunch, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a bunch. Yeah. There's been some surprises. There's been some absolute surprises. People, guys have turned into um, these, I don't know, these warm, caring beings who mm -hmm. can listen, who can show up and actually have a conversation that doesn't have to turn into an argument. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I, oh I, I can be a real adult now. This is, <laughs> that's how my partner puts it. She goes, yeah, we have these adult conversations. And talk to me about going back there. Obviously, guys, yes, we have to listen. We have to be able to be compassionate. 
But is that is that what you call on your website the true alpha male, or what is the true alpha male you're trying to help people get into as a man, as a man gender? What Great is the true question. alpha male? So the, the traditional definition of what an alpha is is this big, tough, snarling, chest thumping you know, a, attack at the ready kind of guy. And that's completely misconstrued. If, if people actually learned what wolves are like, and that's usually the model, mm-hmm. um, the alpha male and female do not act like that. They are supportive. They are calm. Now they will write a situation in a hurry if they think it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. They come from a different place. It's for the good of everyone there. It's not because they're trying to prove their worth or their metal. So they, you know, they are gentle and they're sweet and they're loving and they'll also put you in your place. So it's, it's just, I don't know how we got to that place of where, you know, it's just this, you know, Oh, me, 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 alpha, me, alpha. Um, mm-hmm. It, it hasn't done us a whole lot of good. So if people no. actually look into it and do their own homework and find out that, Oh, that's not what a real alpha is. Yeah, well, change some perceptions. And if someone if someone saw that and saw the character characters on the website you had mentioned, that's a true leader, a true father, a true husband, mm-hmm. a true business owner, someone that's compassionate with people, but also wants respect too. It's not someone who's soft. It's someone that gives mutual respect when respect is given. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't mean you're weak. We have this yeah. guys are so afraid of being seen as weak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there's there's an incredible strength there. I mean, a true leader has the strength to allow his people to do their jobs. And if a correction needs to be made, then you make a correction. But there's power in the ability to stand back and let others do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to always be so forceful and, you know, oh, I'm, I'm a manager now, you know, and I, I, I've been in that place, mm-hmm. you know, where I, oh, I'm, <clears throat> I manage 44 people across 12 states now. <clears throat> and uh, I was really good at some of it and really horrible at other parts of it. Well, that's probably, and, and, and not to say that it was good, good or bad, but that's how you're trained to be a manager. The people that you started managing before, that's who they were, their characters, their mm-hmm. personality. So you, so, so as a human, you go, well, that makes sense to me. If I'm like them, then I'll become a manager. Also, I'll get the respect, the prestige, the title, the badge, whatever it is to maybe yep. the income to now be happy because I'm the manager and you get there and go, well, how, why, why am I so stressed all the time? Why am I so angry? <laughs> why do I drink more? Why do I now, now have problems at home and didn't have problems at home before? It doesn't mean, in my sense, doesn't mean responsibility is more responsibility should make you more stressed. It means how you perceive that and how do you react to that? It's like you said, to make it part of a, an environment to where you can work together, not high, low, good, bad. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But we're, we're pushed to attain these, these levels and positions and these titles. And it's, it's this competitive thing that starts mm-hmm. when we're really young and it doesn't have to be. You know, I, I don't care what, what little Johnny does. I hope he does well. Mm-hmm. There you go. I don't have to be better than him. I don't have to be faster than him or smarter than him. <clears throat> I just got to be me. That's all I got to do. Mm-hmm. But that's what we lose. We we forget who we are. And that's wow. that's what I'm trying to do is help people remember. 
you're not gone. You're not, you know, it's not like you can't find that again. You just have to find a way to remember. Well, it's almost like you had mentioned a little bit ago is there's an abundance in the world. We can both be great. You don't have to be, I don't have to be greater than you. There's not, there's not a, a scarcity. We can all be at the higher level. Exactly. That, oh, yeah, exactly. We, there's this huge scarcity mindset. And that, I think that's what drives a lot of people to, you know, want to earn more money or have, you know, a bigger house, a faster car to, you know, you've heard the term keep up with the Joneses. I think it goes much beyond that. And it's not just, oh, my neighbor got this. So I got to get one too. It's, it's, if I don't have this, then I'm not enough. Right. I think it, it all comes back to this. It's this, I feel a, a, a scarcity in my life and I'm going to fill it with these other things. Well, and, and when we, uh, what, at what age groups do you usually work and what's your demographics you work with men? Uh, pretty much 35, say 35 to 45. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and why do you think 35 say that's the minimum? At what point is someone in their life at 35 going, you know, this isn't enough for me. I need help. I need, I need to find a different way to do my, the rest of my life. If I'm 35, I have another, say, 40, not even 40. I've, I've only lived a third of my life. I've only lived, I have two more lifetimes to live at 35. How do I want to live those lives? Is that the mindset of someone at 35? That's not necessarily the mindset. So okay. the the thought I run into, and it's, it's obviously more so with the younger guys who haven't had as much uh, life experience or get banged around, they mm -hmm. they want something more. They think that they need to achieve the next thing, um, and that they think, you know, this this new position or this new role is going to give them that heightened. I don't know, height societal awareness, this, you know, so-and-so thinks I'm great. I'm, they're proud of me. Um, again, there's a lot of dad stuff out there. Guys are always trying to impress their dads. Mm -hmm. um, they think that they're good. That's it. This is going to make me who I am. Mm -hmm. So I need to go. Yeah. I've been successful already. Some of these guys, make, you know, they're doing well, they're making good mm -hmm. money. Um, nothing to complain about, but they think that they have to go further, go more. Go higher. Maybe, you know, like some of these guys want to do um, like an advanced degree. They want to get their master's in something. And they think that that's going to take them the direction they want to go, but something's holding them back. Like, no, something doesn't feel right. They don't, but they can't narrow it down. They're almost there. There's that little thing to go, am I really doing the right thing? Or am I, it, it, why, 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 why am I doubting myself? Yeah, there's, there's a sense that something's not right. So they, they think that there's something more. They just don't know what that more is. Mm. So. Well, and someone who say, for example, you said is 45, what's their mindset going in looking for help with you? There's a different level of this purpose that they want to fill, it seems. Okay. So there's there's been more life experience. There's been, uh, you know, some more success. Um, money's really not too much of an issue, but there's something else that they, they, they're feeling pulled, like something, something's calling them, but they don't know what it is. Wow. Okay. And, and when they're, when you help them find out what it is and guide them, what are some of those things that they're looking that actually fulfills their purpose? For some, it's, it's a complete shift in what they're doing for their career. Right. So, um, 
they're they're more secure now and they they don't mind making that step uh for others it's something that was previously just considered a hobby or a pipe dream is now this sideline gig that just brings so much pleasure into their life that they're actually calmer in their other roles wow and what are what are examples of those type of habits or things they want to do those hobbies what's those hobbies for example um some guys want to they want to volunteer mm-hmm. you know uh you know you know me and the dogs right it's all about the dogs mm-hmm. so people want to join organizations that they can just go walk the dogs or uh, mm-hmm. some guys are want to you know want to do fundraising you know the people you know writing grants and things like that's way out of my wheelhouse but yeah um, guys who like to do those kinds of things and they, they because they're feeling that they're being of service and they're giving back to something else and they're giving to back to the world in another way and that just brings them that just brings joy you know? it's amazing when 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 a personal character and that's probably something we learn when we're kids too right when we help someone else that that's that's that should give us joy hmm. we help someone or something else like a dog that should give us joy. We we forget about that when it becomes our career becomes our priority, our family becomes our priority. That point that 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 helping someone else becomes secondary. Mm-hmm. So when we've we've we like you had mentioned, once we've at 45-ish, we've accomplished our career, we've accomplished money in the bank, we've accomplished the family. Now what do I do? You're like you say, you're going back to your roots to what get brought you joy in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've heard midlife crisis, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not a crisis. There, it's an opportunity. There's, you, you feel like there's something else, something more you want. Um, unfortunately, a lot of guys go directions maybe that aren't so helpful and mm-hmm. get into, uh, get into trouble, relationships, affairs, those kinds of things because they're they're seeking, but they're they're looking at again looking out there when we already have everything we need right here, but we just forget. So we work so hard and we accomplish so many things that. We forget just to be happy and have fun. Wow. It can wow. be that simple. You can, I mean, what, what just, like I said earlier, what just lit you up as a kid? What sounds like fun? How can you do that mm-hmm. and help somebody else? Yeah. That's it, cool it, as hell. And it's, it's not that difficult to do, but to see it and try it, maybe make someone uncomfortable because that's not their, that's not their wheelhouse. That's what they're used to. Mm-hmm. At that point, you're helping them. That little bit of a nudge. Hey, look, why not try it and kind of see if that does give you that little bit of a satisfaction, that joy that, that you're missing in your life right now. Yep. Wow. Wow. And talk about your book. You talked a little about your book earlier. What's your book about? My book is, it's written from a guy's perspective. So okay. um, ladies are not going to maybe appreciate it as much, but <laughs> they'll, uh, they'll see their man in there. Right. So, um, it's definitely a, a call to guys to learn how to be more vulnerable just a little bit at a time. Um, you know, like you can be so gentle with your dog when no one's around. Why don't you treat your neighbor the same way? Mm-hmm. You know, do it as do as I say, not as I do type of thing that we live with. So the book is just a call to get you to look at, at uh, a whole bunch of things and start to take responsibility for you. Wow. It's, it's amazing when you make it that simple. It's almost a book for women to get their men to help the men see what they can do differently. Um, uh, yeah, I believe so. That's like a Jedi mind trick, Mike. Thank you. 
Thank you. I'm a sneaky <laughs> bastard. <laughs> but well, it's true though, because you know, guys, you know, we are where where we are because of how we've been raised and how the stories we tell ourselves, and that we need to continue that. Um, it, yeah, it's, at the end of the day, it's just remembering who we who we are. It, it's it's when you when you make it that simple, it, it's 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 such a if you want to call it epiphany to where it's not it's we can we can live our lives. Why wait to thirty five? Why wait to forty five? Why not do that even if, even when we're in high school, elementary school, college? Why wait even? Why wait that long? I don't get it. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm I'm working on it. I'm working. Okay. Actually, I'm and working you with you want to this? change perception around to help women also with using a dog as a companion as a way to work that too? Or is that something that I'm going to focus on? This is my wheelhouse. I'm going to let someone else do that. You know what? I'm open to helping whoever, whoever wants to go there. Okay. So, okay. Um, you know, I, I actually have a guy's perspective, mm -hmm. but I've, I've been, a, a, you know, a quote unquote sensitive guy my whole life. Mm -hmm. So um, I was in healthcare for a long time and I worked mostly with women, right? I was in the ER. Mostly, nurses are mostly women. Mm -hmm. So um, I was around mostly women for a long period of time. So um, I get them. I get them a little differently. Yeah, and, and you communicate well. But you're helping someone, maybe a guy that's an introvert that does communicate well, now understand how to get the mindset there without having to do all the other work that they may not be comfortable with. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, that's, that's why it's just a, a little piece at a time. You know, we, we think, Oh my God, I have to do this gigantic deep dive into, into the bowels of, of what a dick I've been all my life. You know, you don't have to go there. You just make yeah. one, one little, one little shift, one little awareness and go, Oh yeah, I don't like that. What can I do about that? You make it easy versus, for example, the stereotype of going to go see a therapist is I have to break everything down every time and sit there and use some tissue because it has to be emotional and has to be very dramatic. You make it very simple for a guy to understand how to get there without having to go beyond what they're made comfortable with. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. good. You got to push yourself a little bit in the, in the comfort zone. Um, mm -hmm. but you don't have to go, like I said, you don't have to swing 180 degrees because that no. never works. Right. No, no. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if guys can open up to cry because they're actually, there's all this shit inside, they want to get out. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Um, my most recent one in May, my, uh, my little best friend died. My dog Darby. Mm -hmm. okay. I bawled my eyes out. That, that dog was the catalyst for the most growth in my life. Wow. Yeah, he, he was my business partner. He he's the one that got me to start this whole thing. He gave me a nod. You'd ask him like, "Hey, how does this how does this read to you?" You're like this. Yep, go for it. Okay, good, done, ready to go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so this this process is quote unquote simple, but not easy. Yeah. You gotta you have to be one to get a little uncomfortable. Yeah, and 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 just to share, my wife wanted me to share. This is my last dog that I had that died of uh had had, had cancer. So she passed away about two years ago. And <laughs> so that was probably the first time I cried in probably 10 years. My grandmom died, didn't cry. My dad died, didn't cry. But it's something to where having that attachment, even though I didn't realize it, allowed me to go, wow, that, that animal helped 
you get through a lot of different things that I didn't even have to talk to about, but help me get through things with my dog walks twice a day, with my dog runs, spending time with it. Her, me watching TV and her next to me, sitting there and just hanging out because she wanted to hang out with me. Yeah. So within two weeks, I actually said in three weeks, picked up another dog. I have her picture somewhere, Brandy, and then that she's my companion now too. So, and getting to that point too, when you lose a companion like that, what is the, and, and now your growth has come from that. What is the next step for, for a guy? Oh God. Great question. So what's a healthy way to deal with it? Or what, what's a, a way to continue that practice of being joyful and being clear, but now either without that same companion or different companion, or what's the, what's the process? Oh, that's great. So allowing those feelings to come, no matter what they are, you know, we're, we're not allowed to grieve Mm -hmm. in in most of the society. You know, you buck up and you get on with your day. Well, man, stuff hurts. So it's okay. So I think that's another lesson our animals teach us as they're leaving us. It's like, Hey, here's another opportunity. Here's another Mm -hmm. level you can get to. Mm-hmm. You let me go and you be sad as hell. You're going to hurt. You're going to miss me. But you use that. You use that to be better. Wow. Wow. Do you recommend someone to get another puppy after that then or be on their own for a while? Or what, what do people ask you when they say, hey, Mike, what should I do? I don't know what to do. Yeah. A lot of people, they, they don't want to feel that pain. So they want to run out right out and get another dog right away. Mm-hmm. I would say, no, you know, let yourself be in this for a little bit. Um, I think running out to another relationship, we do it with, with other people as well, right? We, we break up and we try and start something else because we don't have, want to have to feel that pain. Just let yourself be in it for a while and then try and remember all the gifts your dog gave you. Wow. Okay. I like that. And, and like even just talking to him, like, oh, my dog is doing that for my comfort. Thanks. Thanks, Michaela. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah i mean once you start to notice some of these things you're gonna look at your dog and go seriously wow yeah. well yeah. here's one more treat for you today only one more though <laughs> exactly <laughs> mike anything else i have missed that that you like to bring up on your shows um no i mean it, on my website there's a link tree thing mm-hmm. on there and you can check out some of the other stuff i've done um this one's been a little different. I've, I've met so many fantastic people who are out there trying to help others. And I can't say how grateful I am. Um, yeah. Reach out if you have a question or, or a comment or, um, you know, fashion tip. I don't care what it is. No. Yeah. And in and, and, and the show notes, I put all your links in the show notes, still put it on YouTube and everywhere else we talked about earlier. It just getting people to understand, I think, is can we get to our place of joy, no matter where we are in the world, what our financial status is, what kind of car we drive, and what kind of relationship we're in, if we have kids or non-kids, but be happy with ourselves. I think that's the goal. I think and you I think you made it easy for guys to get there from a guy perspective, or reversing it, having a book that women can get their guys to find their guys' perspective. Yeah. Huh, too many words for me. I don't know. I don't know what I just said. All right. <laughs> Yeah. However, I, again, I just, I, I feel grateful and I'm happy and I want others to experience that um, and know that there's, there's just a different way. Yeah. There's just a different way. 
Well, thank you, Mike. I'll end the show right now, but anything in my audience too, if you have any questions, just text Mike, email Mike. I'll link to the show, Instagram, Facebook. Um, we'll probably end up doing a TikTok soon too, probably. I'm not sure what he's going to do with that. But uh, he, he's he's on board to help you figure out how to help you. All right. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, Tony. Have a great one. Appreciate you. Thank you, buddy.